Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me this morning to 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to use that as our text this morning, chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. Uh, continuing our series uh, called Fake News this morning. Last week we talked about scare tactics and talked about how the enemy uses fear to manipulate us away from God's plan and God's purpose. Uh, another key here to the propagation of fake news is it always relies and thrives on an uninformed public. An uninformed public is how fake news is able to thrive. When fake news abounds in a society, uh, it has that society has a constituency that remains uninformed and refuses to really get a hold of truth and facts. Anybody ever have anybody that posts something on Facebook that you know when you saw it, it was absolutely not true? They refuse to get facts. They refuse to follow up. They refuse to check that. And as a result of that, they become uh, people that propagate fake news. The fact is, there is a large portion of our society that remains uninformed about things. Isn't that true? Amen. And uh, I remember that show, it's been a few years ago, but when Jay Leno was doing the Tonight Show, he did a little series called Jaywalking. Anybody remember that? And he would walk around, and it was always great when it was a, during a political season because he would go and he would ask uh, civics questions or he'd ask, uh, you know, election questions, things like that. Uh, and it was surprising how many people had no idea about things that you would think the common person would just know because they're a citizen of this country. Like, for instance, who is the vice president? You would think that most people probably know who the current vice president is of the United States. He would ask things like, who fought in the Civil War? And people wouldn't know those answers. Who, who won the Civil War? I was watching it the other day, and I couldn't show it because some of it was inappropriate. But I was watching that, and they were asking college students, students that are going to college, who won the Civil War? And you would be shocked at how many people thought the South won the Civil War. And some of you, by the looks on your face, may be confused about that fact. The South did not win. The North won the Civil War. But just basic questions like that, you would think that common people, everyday people, people that are going to be voting, people that are going to have a say in where we're headed as a country would know basic information about. And it's really sad at how many people don't know the answer to such basic questions. And so my point is this, that false narratives thrive when a public remains uninformed. Deception thrives when a public remains uninformed. Sinister agendas succeed when people lack knowledge and they wane interest. They're not interested in what's going on. I heard this a year ago, a few years ago, and it stuck with me uh, that the biggest problem in America is twofold. This is what was said. That, and the twofold problem is this, I don't know and I don't care. And as a result of those two issues, we spiral into a place where 
We are being led by people with agendas that do not match our values, that do not match our character, that do not match what we want as a people because we are uninformed. Those, I think it's a sad day when people know more about the Kardashians than they know about the people that are leading them. I think we have a serious problem. And so I would propose to you this morning that it's true in the spiritual sense as well. That false narratives about you, about your life, about situations that you're facing are going to thrive uh, and your spiritual condition is going to suffer when truth is neglected. When we refuse or we neglect to really know what the Word of God says about every situation in our life, and we refuse to put or neglect to put that information in our hearts, and we refuse or neglect to make it a part of our everyday existence, then it's going to be easy for the enemy to bring deception into your life. It's going to be easy for the enemy to bring things that are not true and get you to buy into them when the truth is not a part of who we are. Sinister agendas have a greater chance of success when people are uninformed concerning the truth. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 says this. It says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Psalms 119.10. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I will not sin against you. You want to know how to be an overcomer? you got to hide the word of God in your heart. You got to know what the Bible says about different situations. You got to know what the word of God tells you to do in Certain contexts. The fact is that many of us struggle and many of us have battles that we don't even have to fight if we really understand the truth. And here's what I would want to say to you, everybody in the room this morning, is that the Bible is not an outdated information piece. The Bible applies to your life now. Yes, it was written over 4,000 years ago in parts. It was written a long time ago in other parts. But the fact of the matter is it still applies to you today. This truth is an everlasting truth. It does not fade. It does not lose power. It does not go out of style. It does not neglect to deal with whatever you're facing in your life today. But it does you no good if you don't know what it says. And so today we suffer in the church world even from an uninformed constituency. Psalms 119 says this in chapter, uh, verse 104. It says, through your precepts I get understanding. Therefore I hate every false way. Because I understand what the word of God says. I, I acknowledge, I understand, I perceive every false way and I go the opposite direction. Romans 1 describes a society that has wandered away from the truth and has chosen to suppress the truth in unrighteousness is exactly what it says. It becomes a society of depravity. And this is what Romans 1.22 and a few other verses say. It says, professing to be wise, in other words, having a lot of information, a lot of knowledge, they still became fools. What's it talking about there? Even though we have advanced technologically, We have gone a long ways from just the basic truths of humanity. We've gone a long ways from just what is right and what is wrong. And we have confused those things. It goes on to say in verse 25, Who exchanged the truth of God for the lie. And then in verse 28, And even though 
And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. When we neglect the truth, we are spiraling downward into a place of depravity. When the church of the living God does not hold the standard of truth in a society, the only outcome for that society is spiraling towards depravity. The enemy is a liar this morning. If I haven't made that clear through this series, then I have failed to make that point. The enemy is a liar. John 8, says that he is a liar and he is the father of all lies. That there is no truth in him. That he is incapable of producing truth. And so everything that comes from his mouth, you know, is rooted in deception and is rooted in lies. And that's what we're dealing with through this series is really understanding and hearing. The false narratives of the enemy spoken over us. The things that he tries to convince us of to move us away from our purpose and God's plan. And so I want you to know those. And so here's the crutch of what I am, the crux of what I am trying to get across this morning. We are living in the last days, church. And deception is sweeping across this land. And it's even sweeping across and through the church. And there is only one solution to that epidemic. And that is knowing Knowing the truth, without a foundation of biblical truth, anyone and everyone is susceptible to deception. If you don't have a foundation of truth in your life, then you are susceptible to deception. And I believe that the church is being deceived because it has little to no knowledge of the truth. Little to no knowledge of the truth as a whole. Not only that, but our responsibility, church, is to share the truth. Not only to know it, but we have a responsibility to share it. And if we don't know it, how in the world can we share it? If the church doesn't know and share the truth, what hope does a lost world have? It has none. And so turn with me in our text this morning, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. It says, but know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. Now let me stop there for a minute. The power of godliness is what? It is found in truth. It is knowing what is right. It is living in accordance with what is right. And you can't know what is right and live in accordance with what is right if you don't know the Word of God. It says in verse 5 that people that just have a form but deny the power. It says from those kinds of people you have to turn away from. You have to distance yourself. And then it goes on in verse 6. For of this sort, the people mentioned in the previous verses are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women. It's not gender specific. Gullible women, gullible men, loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts. And so the first point I want to make this morning is that deception is a subtle process. Deception is a subtle process. It says in verse 6 that it creeps into households. It eases its way into households. It becomes a part of the family structure. It becomes a part of what build, society is built on, which is the family. It's a subtle process. The enemy rarely operates in big lies. 
he generally operates in very small lies. Little lies that are wrapped up in such a way that he begins to slowly move you off your foundation and get you in a place that is not solid. Deception takes place through a series of small compromises that ultimately lead us away from the truth. And what makes deception so cunning is that it is subtle. Is that many of us would not fall for big lies. But we would fall for a small one. And the enemy is smart enough and crafty enough and cunning enough that he slowly begins to push us off our foundation and he gets us to bite on little things along the way, little compromises along the way that ultimately put us in a position where we are not solid with God. A lie is something that is always carefully wrapped in a package that looks like truth, isn't it? And he knows how to do that. It's something that sounds right. That sounds right to me. That makes sense to me. That, that seems fair to me. That seems right. And if we don't know the truth, we will always be susceptible to a well-packaged lie. If you don't know the truth, then you're going to be susceptible to a well-packaged lie. And so let me just talk for a minute, just, just off the cuff a little bit. We have a society of people who have neglected studying the Word of God, neglected spending time with God to really understand what the Word of God is talking about. And because of that, we are falling for the deceptions of the enemy over and over again. The things that we allow today, we would have never allowed years and years ago because we knew years ago they were wrong. Today, we're not sure if they're wrong anymore. So what's happened to us is that we've slowly made compromises along the way that have made sin acceptable and sin a part of the everyday process. And what's a shame to me and what's sad to me and what reflects badly on my, my group of people, pastors, is that there are a lot of people in the church that are fighting for things that are clearly laid out that are wrong in the Word of God. The Word of God is a standard of truth. It hasn't changed. It's not different today. What was wrong years ago is still wrong today. And if we don't know, and if we don't have an understanding And if not only that, if we can't communicate, that's one of the biggest issues that the church has is that it may understand what's wrong and right, but it does not know how to communicate well those things that are wrong and those things that are right. And as a result of that, it's off-putting. It's frustrating. It leaves us knowing what we did wrong, but never know, leaving us with how to do it right. And because of that, we have alienated ourselves from the very people that God put us here to reach. If we don't know the truth, we're always going to be susceptible to a well-packaged lie. The devil's a liar. He's a good one. And he knows how to deceive and manipulate you and to convince you. And the answer to his deception has always been the same. It is the Word of God. When Jesus was being tempted in the desert... For 40 days, he countered every lie and every temptation of the enemy with these words, it is written. And that is how he refuted the temptation and dealt with the lies of the enemy. Now, if you have your Bible this morning, turn to Hezekiah chapter 4, verse 7. Uh, it's going to be on the screen for you. And it says this, knowledge alone leads to truth and frees a people from deception. Now, isn't that a great verse? Isn't that a great verse this morning? Except here's one of the problems with that verse is it's not a verse at all. 
<laughs> it's not a verse at all. It's, it's something that I made up. And I did that to prove this point. It sounds good. It looks like it would be true. It looks like it should belong. I, Hezekiah sounds like a, Bible, a book in the Bible to me, doesn't it, you? But it's not true. And that is exactly the way the enemy does things. Is he packages it in a well-formed way so that it looks convincing. It looks like it makes sense. And the fact of the matter is that verse is not even true. Because knowledge alone will not lead you to truth. And it will not free a people from destruction. But it sounds good. It looks right. It looks like it ought to be there. It sounded like the truth. It was packaged like the truth. But the fact of the matter is it was not the truth. And that brings me to my next point, which is this. Is that truth is gained through engagement. It's gained through engagement. Most of you didn't turn in your Bibles. Why? Because you trusted me. Now, I appreciate you trusting me. And I don't want to do anything to to mess up you trusting me. I appreciate that. But the fact of the matter is, I'm a human. And I'm full of flaws. And although I'm doing my very best to communicate to you, and to equip you and to give you the, the truth as I understand it. I'm doing everything that I can with the pure, pureness of heart to try to communicate to you what the Word of God says. But you still need to look and learn for yourself. You still need to look and learn for yourself. We have allowed technology to replace just basic effort. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Now, some of you look angry. <laughs> the, your relationship with God is your relationship with God. Your relationship with God is yours. It's yours to cultivate. It's yours to grow. It cannot be built on me. It can't be built on someone else. It can't be built by any other person but you. Your relationship with God has to be built by you. And that's why it requires engagement. The truth is, truth comes to us through involvement, through being engaged. That is, you have to look for yourself. Let God speak to you. Let the experience of what you've read make it real in your life. There's a difference between knowing the truth and trusting that I know the truth. And I'm not trying to undercut my own legs out from under me and get you not to believe me. But what I am trying to do is, look, don't become dependent on me. I, I, I reject that responsibility. I am not responsible for each and every person's personal walk with God. You're responsible for your personal walk with God. And the fact is that the church has become so consumer-minded a lot of times that we neglect and all we ever do is come in here looking for someone to give me something that God has equipped me and created me to get for myself. Amen. Thank you for that one clap this morning. But the fact of the matter is the church is failing And the Christian world is failing to do its mandate and accomplish its vision and its purpose and God's plan and mission for them because of a lack of effort on our parts. Well, if I just hear the pastor preach on Sundays, I should be good. No, no. The deception in this world is so great and so rampant and it's every corner and every turn that we are literally feeding ourselves with truth once a week and getting bombarded with lies for the remainder of it. That cannot be the case. 
You have to be engaged in the process. Knowing the truth is more this morning than just gaining knowledge too. It is more than just listening to someone preach. It's more, it is, it is also studying. It is meditating on the word of God. It is praying about it. It is experiencing it. Truth comes through an effort, not through idleness. My people perish, why? For a lack of knowledge. And they have a lack of knowledge due to a lack of effort. Also, let me just say that knowledge alone is not enough. Knowledge has to be accompanied by an experience. The Word of God is never going to come. It is a living, living thing, the Bible tells us. That it is alive and it is powerful. But it's never going to come alive to you. And it's always going to just be information if you don't accompany what you read and what you know with an experience with God. I don't want to just know about God. I want to know God. I don't want to just read about Him. I want to have Him as a part of my life. And that is what this Christian walk is about. It's not just about knowledge, but it's also about an experience. And knowledge becomes real and it solidifies into truth when it is united with an experience. Truth is manifested through the union of knowledge and experience. Verse 7 of chapter 3 of Timothy says, Also learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Why is that? Because they lack the experience to make it real. A real relationship with Christ Jesus is always based on both knowledge and experience. You can feel God and not know what to do about it. Well, I felt something, but I didn't have any understanding of what I was experiencing. You can also know everything there is to know about God and never have an encounter with Him that makes that real. I have talked to people who know the Bible in and out, but they do not have a relationship with God. It's not that they lack knowledge. It's that they lack an experience with God. A moment where God makes what they've read and what they've studied real to them. You can know about God and never have an experience with Him and you're, and, and that roots you in your faith. Knowledge alone produces religion every time. And there is no life in that. I believe this about the gospel of Jesus Christ, that it is not only theological, but it is also practical. That it is not only theoretical, but it is also pragmatic. That it actually works for me and works in me. It's not just form but it is also power. And it actually has the ability to produce something in my life. You know, we've said this before, but it's the truth. A man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. A man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. It doesn't matter what you think you know. I know what I have in Jesus Christ, not because I've read about it, but also because I've read it and experienced it in my own life. When what you know about God is rooted in experience with God, then you're on firm foundation. Verse 13 says, But evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Again, the deception... Deception is running rampant in our world today, and it is imperative that the church not be deceived. How do we do that? Learning the truth, and lastly, cultivating the gift of discernment. And so here's the, here's the last point. Discernment alerts you to deception. Spiritual discernment 
This is what that means. It's defined as keen perception, judgment. Perception in obtaining spiritual direction and understanding. In, in the Pentecostal realm, we call it being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We call it spiritual intuition. Whatever you call it, it is a sense to know when something is not right. It is a, it is a feeling in the pit of your stomach. It is the Spirit of God giving you pause. It is an awareness to the guidance and direction of the Holy Spirit in your life. He is a friend. He is a, a partner with you. He is a guide. He is a director of your life. And He will help you if you will tune in to Him. God, again, does you no harm. God does you no harm. And so He's always directing you away from, and alerting you to the deception of the enemy. And so there's two challenges for us in this area of discernment. When we talk about discerning what's right, discerning what is wrong, being aware of deception and being aware of compromises along the way. The first one is that discernment flows out of a knowledge of truth. You can't have discernment unless you have a basis of truth in your life. And so without a knowledge of truth, there is no discernment. And so it starts with building a foundation of just knowing what the Word of God says to me. Again, I have hidden the Word of God in my heart that I will not sin against God. How does that work? I hide the Word in my heart, and then when I come along the way and deception rises, discernment comes and it says, do you remember when you read in the Word of God and it said that you need to watch out for this or you need to be careful in this, and that's how God reminds us of things. But if there's nothing in there for him to remind us of, then we're going to fall for deception every time. The second part of discernment is this, is that it does us no good if we don't respond to it. We can know what is right and know what is wrong, but if we don't respond to the leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, what good is it? We have to respond to the Spirit of God. We have to be willing to not plow through conviction and guidance right on to what our flesh wants to do. So here's the answer for us this morning in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. It says, But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And that from childhood, let me stop there and just say parents. Parents, it is critical. It is imperative that you start teaching your children right now what the truth of God's Word says. The number one way you can do that is by getting them to church. Make sure they're here. It's not enough to say, I'm going to let them decide someday when they're older. And you've got to build the foundation of truth in their life. Train them in the way that they should go. And when they're older, they'll not depart from it. That is what the Bible tells us. And too many people today make it optional for their children to be in church. They make it optional for them to be learning about the Word of God. They make it optional to be building in them a good, solid foundation and principles of character that will guide them and lead them for the rest of their lives. And then they come to us wondering, what happened to my child? What went wrong in their life? You never put them on a firm footing. You left them out there. And the enemy is a snake. And he doesn't wait till you're older and secure before he's attacked. You, he attacks you when you're vulnerable. Get them into youth group. Get them into Sunday school. Get them into children's church. Get them in here because the word tells us right here that from childhood you have known the scriptures. 
which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Verse 16, all Scripture, somebody say all. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Not some of it, not part of it, all Scripture. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God, the woman of God, may be made complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Blake, would you come this morning? Deception is a subtle process that we are all susceptible to. There's not a person in here that is above being deceived by the enemy. But truth counters deception. And it must be gained through us being engaged in the process. Once that truth is established in my heart, discernment will help us to uh, and alert us to the subtle deceptions along the way in life. We are living in the last days, church. Stand with me across this place. We are living in the last days. There's no question about that in my mind that we are living in the last days. And the fact of the matter is deception is running rampant in our world. And a lot of it is, is succeeding because of an uninformed public and an uninformed church. Because of that, we're falling for it. We're falling for the lies of the enemy. The fact of the matter is we are, have been a part of this group on Facebook, which is Assemblies of God group. And it's Assemblies of God under 40. And some, I had to get off of it because it was just driving me crazy. Because some of the, it's, it's a theologically based uh, group that discusses different issues and decides whether or not what's right, what's wrong. The issues that are being discussed on this page, these are by people who are ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ are issues that are not even up for discussion. They are black and white, revealed truth in the Word of God. They're not anything that we need to debate about. They're not anything that we have to consult about. They're just simply put in there in black and white form. And I am shocked by how many people are trying to justify wrong things and make them right. Deception. Deception. The Bible says... It's one of the best things that you can have as a retort to the enemy. When he comes at you with deception, you know what the Word of God says because you've hidden it in your heart. And because you've hidden it in your heart, you're not susceptible to sin and you're not falling for the tricks of the enemy. The Word of God is the answer. Read it, learn it, experience it. Build a foundation of truth that withstands the subtle lies of the enemy. And every person in this room that does that will be just fine. But you have to make an effort to do it. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed across this place, I just want to simply give kind of a general altar call this morning and say, if you're here and you'll say, Pastor, I will make an effort to study the Word of God. I will make an effort to build a foundation of truth in my life. I want you just to slip your hand up right where you are and put it right back down and say, that's me. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make sure that I am studying the Word. I'm building a foundation in my life. And I'm not neglecting the truth. In my life, if that's you, would you slip your hand up and put it right back down? Yes, amen. Would you say today, Pastor, I'm going to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit as he leads me and guides me and directs me, and I'm going to respond to what he says. Regardless of what my flesh wants, I'm going to submit my life to the authority and the direction of the Holy Spirit. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up and say, that's me, I will do that. Father, I thank you for every person that's made that commitment in this place today. 
I thank you for every heart and every life in this room, God, that has said from their hearts, I believe, God, that I will make that commitment. I will study the word. I will read the word. I will let God bring experiences in my life that solidify the word to me. I will be led by the Holy Spirit when I come in contact with things that begin to uh, stir in me, Lord God, things that, that would make me question uh, the situation and the decision that I'm making. I pray that, God, you would just help me this morning, that you would lead me and direct me by your Holy Spirit today. We thank you for that this morning. In Jesus' name. We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We'd love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 9.45 for Sunday school and at 10.30 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you'd like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving tab. We'd love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street in Burkrenet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us at the river.